Have you ever thought about all the ways you could die? We have. Grab a drink that's good enough to die for. And let's get gruesome. Welcome to Drinks with Death. Hello, Aaron. How hey. are you? Hey, 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 lovin'. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, unseasonably cold right now but that's okay i'll get over it i know i um i love this weather as we've already discussed and every mm-hmm, time they mm-hmm. say there's a cold front coming i'm like another one yes no because <laughs> i is keep... the last one you're done you get no more cold fronts you i get know hot hot weather after this <laughs> i know don't please don't do that to me but yes i do keep i'm very very appreciative of each one i get because i feel like they should have already ended so very thankful Um, so tell us what you did a couple weeks ago. Well, I got to be a guest on one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. Uh, It's called These Are Their Stories, and it is a law and order podcast. Um, Johan listens to a podcast called Crime Writers On, and they break down um, true crime podcasts and documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. And he's been listening to it for a few years. And he told me, he said, hey, they have another podcast called These Are Their Stories. And it's all about law and order. Mm -hmm. He's like, you love law and order. You should listen to it. And so I started listening to it. And yes, I totally fell in love. Um, It's funny. Um, They break down one of the three franchises on law and order. So it's just one of my go-tos. And they sent us a message on Instagram. And I got to be a guest. And it was super, super exciting. And that and you aired. did awesome. Oh, you're sweet. It was so Thank good. You, you did you. such a good job. Thank you. I was very nervous. You're amazing. Um, I would have totally freaked out and just said no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. You would not have. Um, but that, if you listeners, a if you like Law and Order, I highly recommend this. Podcast. I do too. You know, I had never listened to that. I had listened to Crime Writers on before, but I had never listened to these other stories, and it was actually like surprisingly very entertaining and very funny. I really liked it. So entertaining. It's like fast paced. It's mm-hmm, just it's very. funny. It's witty, um, and they just sort of make fun of all the things that you're thinking when you watch Law and Order. Mm-hmm. So it aired February 23rd, and the title says SVU, a second grader shoots a classmate. (laughs) It was a real uplifting story. I mean, it's law and order, you know. I know, I know, right? What do you want? Yes. But you learned something from listening to that episode, didn't you? I learned that Rebecca, remind me of her last name? Rebecca Lavoie. I learned that Rebecca Lavoie, who is one of the hosts of that show, had an idea for our podcast. She did. She suggested that we look into neti pots. Mm-hmm. So that is what we're going to be talking about tonight. <laughs> My and sister I, is so mad. She's like, don't ruin the neti pot for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see what we learn during okay. this episode. I may okay. or may not be ruining it for you. Ooh, I can't <laughs> wait. Suspense. <laughs> so I thought a good cocktail because I don't know how much you know about the neti pot, so I'm going to teach you a little bit about it. But one of the reasons, obviously, that people use it is when they have a cold or congestion, upper respiratory, sinus, congestion. So... I kind of looked up and found um, 
a recipe list on WideOpenEats.com, and it's the seven best cocktails to combat the common cold. Okay. And I chose a the Hornitos Tequila Toddy, which Ooh. I can't actually believe that I've never um, heard of like a tequila hot toddy before, mm-hmm. but it sounded really interesting. So I basically just went with like a re- kind of a basic hot toddy recipe, um, lemon juice and then tequila and agave instead of honey and a little bit of water and then warmed it up a little bit to get the agave to kind of melt. And um, and then I know that you chose something different. Tell us what you chose before we try our drinks. I did a more of a traditional hot toddy with I did okay. tea. I actually did. Mm-hmm. I had a black tea, but it was an orange spice. Ooh, and that sounds so nice. I thought it would be really good with some whiskey and honey. Definitely. And a little lemon. So Sounds good. Should we try? Yes. Okay. My Clink. sinuses are already clearing up. I haven't I mean- even taken a sip. <laughs> Clink. Clink. <laughs> mm. Perfect and warm and cozy for this chilly chilly day. You guys, if you have if you are at all a tequila fan, um, I highly recommend this tequila, agave, lemon, and a little bit of water warmed up. It's actually just heavenly. I think I may leave the traditional hot toddy in the dust. I wish I would on. have tried yours. Yours sounds super interesting and really good. You really should Definitely. try it next time you're sick or just, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a Wednesday or Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> Tuesday, whatever. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about neti pots. Um, so they are used, like I said, for nasal irrigation. So especially when someone has any kind of sinus congestion, cold, allergies, um, and some of you may or may not know what they look like, but they're basically like little, small little plastic teapots. And you fill them with water, and then they give you a little powder salt salt to put into the water to make it a saline solution um, that you're going to sort of irrigate your nasal passages with. So you pour it into one side of your nose while you kind of lean your head over and then the water runs out the other side of your nose. Have you ever used one of these, Levin? I do. And mine is not plastic. I have a ceramic... Neti pot. And I just. So damn fancy. I'm fancy pants. (laughs) And I use straight up sea salt from my kitchen. Oh, so you don't use their like salute. Yours. Okay. All right. Well, you go with you. I I probably have some other kind of brain eating. (laughs) Yeah, you might. Disease from what I do, but. You might. Tell me all about it. Tell me what I should be afraid of. So I use, they also have like plastic squeeze bottle ones too. I don't know if you've ever seen those before. It has like a straw in it that goes to the bottom of the water bottle and you just can squeeze it, which I like more because it gives you more pressure. Like it kind Mm. of like forces the water through, which not to be too disgusting here, but I prefer that method. Uh (laughs) Okay, good to know. (laughs) Okay, so they can definitely be really effective, obviously, at like removing allergens from your sinuses and even bacteria. Um, They can even sometimes avoid someone having to be put on antibiotics. I know, for example, Mm. when I was pregnant um, many years ago, I was not happy with my doctor when this is the first time I never used a, a neti pot or the squeeze bottle before. And I was pretty irritated that he wouldn't give me any antibiotics because I was, like, full of green congestion. And he was like, no, 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 go try this neti pot first and then come back in a couple weeks and let me know if you're not better. And damn if he wasn't right. Fix me right up. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely believe in them. Um, 
So the use of neti pots kind of gained some popularity in 2007 after an Oprah um, had a segment of her show that featured Dr. Oz, who suggested that washing the inside of your nose was as logical as washing your armpits. Hmm. I mean, I don't is know about logical? that, Dr. Oz. I don't know if logical is the right word. I mean, listen, I'm not going to want to stand next to you on a crowded bus if you haven't washed your armpits, but if you haven't washed right. your nose... I'm not going to know the damn difference. So I guess when I say logical, it just means more in- intuitive. Like you would think, I stink. I need to wash my armpits. Yeah, I would I never just... think, I feel like my nasal passages need to be irrigated and right. flushed out with Honestly. a saline solution. Honestly, kind of a weird thing, Dr. Oz, mm-hmm. but that's okay. We'll give you a Yeah, Dr. Oz, I think, is a little problematic too. but <laughs> Maybe for other reasons too. But... Uh-huh, yeah. Um, Okay, so while cleaning out your nose cone could offer you some relief (laughs) from seasonal congestion, it could also kill you. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not being too serious there. It's actually only killed like three or four people. Um, But I'm going to tell you all about them. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) So what happens here is after using this, you're supposed to prepare your water in a certain way that you put into your neti pot. Um, You're supposed to either boil it or have it distilled, um, sterile water. It's supposed to be clean when it goes in there. And then you add your salt to it, and then you irrigate your nose. If you're using untreated tap water, sometimes this can lead to problems where there are amoebas in the tap water that then attach to your olfactory nerves. And this goes – these nerves kind of dangle down inside your really high – up inside your sinus cavity, really high up there. And they actually stick down through a bone called the cribriform plate. And the amoebas can kind of travel up those, um, what did I say they were called? Up those nerve endings. Stalagmites? Yeah, they are sort of like stalagmites or stalactites. We've had this conversation before. We still don't know what they are. I don't know which is which. Whichever one's hang down, people. Yeah. But yeah, they can kind of crawl up there and then they can go and then they have a straight shot to the brain. So and then they just start feeding off of the brain, basically. And these are amoebas are little one celled organisms. So they literally just live to eat Um, and they just start eating your your brain. Um, so the symptoms usually start with fi- within about five to nine days of exposure. Death usually occurs within another five days. And it, this Whoa. is almost always fatal. Oof. So from on, from from having the amoeba in your nose, into your brain, into death, it's only about 10 days. Um it's Damn, very that's fast, fast and incredibly deadly. Um, so in 2011, there were two cases in Louisiana of people dying after using their neti pots. Um, one was a 51-year-old woman in the northern part of the state who died. And the this brain-eating ame- amoeba called Negleria fowleri. So that's the most common amoeba that is found in these um Brain eating amoeba deaths. Oh, sure. Yeah. I've so it was, yeah, right. I mean, super common. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> no. Um, it was found in the bat in the bathroom sink faucet and the tub faucet in the home. So sometimes when these people have been in contact with this amoeba, it obviously sets off an investigation where they try to figure out where this where the person came into contact with it because it is very rare for someone to die from a type of amoeba infection like this. And I, so can I ask a question mm-hmm, real quick? Yeah. 
I mean, an amoeba is microscopic, right? So yes. you can only detect it un- under a microscope. Yes. And so they are just doing swabs of the sink and the faucet and the bathtub yes. and everything. And oof. even the pipes of the house. Um, one of the other you'll hear about in the next story is that the water heater, because this bacteria or this this amoeba likes warm places. Um, so the water heater sometimes will be a culprit, um, places they look in. But yeah, so they just go in and check the home in different locations where water would be sitting stagnant and where they might find a sample. So And so the amoeba starts where? Like what does do it mean? come from just the water source? Yes. It's mm-hmm. okay. So it comes from the water. So it is is it sort of brought to life by stagnant water or does it come from your water source? Um I think it comes from the water source. Obviously, we have a lot of filters in our water, but sometimes those filters don't catch every single thing, Mm -hmm. right? So it's possible to have these. Yeah, it's possible to have these. I mean, our water filtration systems, uh, water treatment systems are set up to kill these types of things. But this is a amoeba that if you ingest it in any way into your, like if you swallow this in your body, into your stomach, you are never going to be ill from it. Never, ever, ever. Like, the only way that Hmm. it can really hurt you is by going up your nose. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there is another amoeba that you you can come in contact with through possible, like, cuts in your skin and things like that that could cause an infection. But that's even more rare than this one. So this is really, like, it's got to go right through that, you know, little porous bone in your, at the top Hmm. of your sinus cavity. Your your sinus stalactites. Yes, exactly. Okay, so that was one case in 2011 in in Louisiana, the 51-year-old woman in the northern part of the state. And then there was another man. There's a man the same year, 2011, 28-year-old Jeffrey Cusimano. He was in southern Louisiana, and he died, and the amoebas were found in a tankless water heater in his home. But listen to this. This is kind of interesting. So just two years later, in 2013, in Victoria, Louisiana, in the same parish where Jeffrey died, there was a four-year-old that was visiting some of his family members. Um, He was only about eight miles away from the city where Jeffrey died, where the the 28-year-old man died. And he was playing outside um, on a slip and slide. And... Nine days later, he started to vomit and complain of an excruciating headache. He developed a high fever. Tylenol, they tried to give him Tylenol thinking maybe it was like flu symptoms. And they ended up eventually taking him to the hospital after he had had two brief staring episodes where Mm. for a few seconds he just like fixed his gaze straight ahead and he was unresponsive. Unresponsive. So when they did take him in, the doctor suspected meningitis and which can be an infection of viruses or microorganisms like bacteria. So he was put on antibiotics. But when they performed a CT and a spinal tap, they ended up discovering that he had this infection with that same enfalery, that Negleria phalari. So he was declared brain dead, and the family agreed to cut off his life support about five days after he was admitted. Oh. Which is really sad. But so the lady that... The the mother of Jeffrey, she, when her son died, she kept asking them to come to her house and test her water. They came and they tested her water, but 
and they did find it in her home, but then they kept telling her, it's just in your home. It's not in the parish. It's mm-hmm. just in your home. Well, she ended up suing, and they ended up, of course, finding it other places in the parish. And she's saying that if they would fix they believe it came in actually like through almost like leaching into the pipes, like the piping system mm-hmm. wasn't good. So just from the ground, because it's also found in soil, this amoeba. Mm-hmm. Um, so they think that it pro- that's probably how it came in. And that if they had done something about it, then this little boy wouldn't have would have survived. Oh, so it probably when he was on the slip and slide, just water was spraying yes. everywhere and got up his nose. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's very tragic. Because how do you prevent that? Besides, you know, the city doing something about the water. Yes. I mean, yeah, that one honestly could have been prevented, uh, but it still is just, it's just sad. I mean, it's a slip and slide. A slip and slide. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you would never think Mm -mm. your son is going to be brain dead in five days because he does a slip and slide. No, of course not. And even those symptoms, you wouldn't have, I don't know. That's one of the tricky things it sounds like about this mm-hmm. infection is that it kind of can look like something else at first. And the timing of getting treatment is like so incredibly crucial, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay, because I was going to ask, and if you mm-hmm. go into this later, just tell me, but is is there a survival, like is there a time like you catch it at this time, then you can survive and you can treat it? Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Okay, all right. Um. So this is the last neti pot death that I could find. Now, there were a couple of places where I read that there have actually been four deaths from neti pots in the United States, but I could not find a fourth one. I could only find three, the two in Louisiana and then this third one. Um, so I'm not sure where the fourth one came hmm. from. but um, And this one is a little bit different. So this was in 2018 in Seattle, a 69-year-old woman who had had, you know, this lingering sort of sinus congestion, and she had been using her neti pot with tap water for a month to try and ease her symptoms. But what she didn't know was that the water contained an amoeba called Balamuthia mandrillaris and that's the last time i'm gonna say that (laughs) say it three times fast balamuthia mandrillaris um (laughs) so that is a different amoeba obviously than we were talking about before and this one works a lot slower than the previous and more common amoeba the enfalery oh dear so first she developed on her nose a red sort of raised rash on her nose she went to this is after a few weeks of using the, the neti pot. Mm-hmm. She went to her dermatologist and they gave her an antibiotic, but the rash persisted. So over the course of a year, doctors tried to help her with this rash on her nose. And then oh she started gosh. a year. Right. Then she started to develop other odd sy- symptoms that seemed obviously unrelated to a rash on the nose. She developed left side of her body began shaking and then she had a seizure that left her le- that resulted in her left arm being completely weakened um and they so eventually they did a ct and they found a lesion in her brain that they thought was a tumor so they went in to remove the tumor they opened up her skull and the doctor said that that mass that he thought was a tumor was just dead brain tissue oh my gosh so they got out what they could and they sent it off to be 
looked at, and it was that B. mandrillaris oh. amoeba. Oh, my gosh. But it yeah. killed her? Yeah. So those infections, B. mandrillaris, are extremely unusual, and they are almost uniformly fatal. Mm. I have a question. Can I ask a question now? Yeah. Um, so this type of amoeba, this bala Balamorothea, <laughs> not <laughs> <Yes>. even close. <laughs> um, but this amoeba, how did it infect other people? Does it only, is it like the other one, the first one you were talking about, that you can swallow it and ingest it and it can go into your intestines and you'll be fine. But if it goes into your brain, it'll kill you. Is this one kind of that same thing? Like if you ingest it in another way, it won't harm you. But if it goes up your nose and into your brain, and if that is the case, I mean, this woman did it because of her neti pot. How did other people become affected by this? Yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know. I didn't look into this one as much as I did the other one because I kind of found this story late, like as far Mm -hmm. as when I was doing my research and I was like, oh, that's weird. It's not, that's not the same amoeba. And I've never heard of this amoeba before. Hmm. So I didn't really look into it too much. I mean, it's it's been a, it's it's a newer amoeba. They didn't find it until 1986, and they didn't actually declare it a new species until 93. And then I feel like I did read somewhere that this one is the one that can get um, through into your skin, like if you have cracks in your skin and you're digging in the soil. Mm. Um, so I think that might be a way that it infects people oh more goodness. easily. Where are your gardening gloves? <laughs> Again, it's only 70 cases since since what 1993 or yeah, 70 cases in the in the US since 93 or possibly 86. Um but yeah, I mean not a cases. lot. Very rare. Not oh a my lot. Gosh. Very very yeah. rare. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the other interesting things about these these amoeba as far as treatment of them it's crazy because on a lot of the scans and stuff, it'll look like something else. It'll present mm, like something mm-hmm, else, mm-hmm. like meningitis. Um, it's not so a tumor. Same, <laughs> yes, it's and tumors and things like that. So they kind of go one direction with treatment, which may delay curative treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is that it doesn't grow. These amoebas don't grow on agar like typical uh, bacteria or viruses would. So it's really hard for them to study them in a laboratory environment. Oh, they can't really grow them in the normal types of medium that they use. So anyway, it's just kind of interesting. I didn't know amoebas were so pesky and so difficult to work with. No kidding. Okay, so those were kind of the at-home neti pot situations. Um, There was Mm -hmm. another really interesting thing that I found that kind of totally threw me for a loop. Um, And I just found to be kind of fascinating is that in Pakistan, um, there's a Muslim ritual, and it's like a ritual of cleansing the body before worship. And part of that ritual cleansing includes taking water into the nose to clean the nasal passages. And this has obviously been going on for, like, you know, a very, very long time as part of the Muslim Muslim mm-hmm. practice, right? And they really weren't looking at no no scientists or doctors were investigating any type of amoeba infections in Pakistan until about 2008. And when they started looking, they started finding them everywhere. Like hmm. in 2008, between 2008 and 2019, there were 146 cases 
just in Karachi. For comparison purposes, in only a decade in Pakistan, the number of these amoeba infections exceeded those reported in the United States over the last 50 years. Whoa. So in the last 50 years in the United States, we had 142 from 1968 to 2019. From 2008 to 2019, they had 146 cases in Pakistan, in Karachi, in one city in Pakistan. Wow. And this is just because then they started They started looking, looking into it. They weren't okay. looking before. So they think oh, that they have been having them all the time. I believe I read that it was a doctor from the United Kingdom who was practicing over there, studying over there. And he started saying, we need to be looking for these. We need to be looking for this. I think this might be what's causing some of these deaths. And he started um, looking into it. And then he just started, they just started discovering them. Wow. Um, what did they think was happening before? They just didn't know? They just didn't know. Wow. Mm, they just didn't know. So, yeah, I just thought that was just fascinating. Um, so hmm. of all the reported cases in Pakistan, all were Muslim, and only two individuals had a history of recreational water activity. And the reason that's important is because, like I was saying, there are a lot of the times, most of these, you know, I said there were 142 cases in the United States, and only four, three or four of those was related to um, neti pots and then mm -hmm. the one related to the, the slip and slide. Mm -hmm. But then every other case has been a history of recreational water activity. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. playing in a lake, playing in a pond, yep. um, something where you have warm, stagnant water, especially more common in the southern states where the water is warmer. Um, uh -huh. And these were these were none of that was happening with almost all of the cases in Pakistan. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So they started a campaign, obviously, and tried uh -huh. to get the word out, educate the public um, and educate men there, especially that this is, you know, you need to be using clean water to 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 when you are practicing this mm -hmm. ritual cleansing. Um, Did you say where they were getting the water from? It's like they almost I saw images of it and it's almost like there's a place for them to it's like a tile background it looked like and it's sort of like an open room and there are just like spigots coming out of the tile and mm -hmm. then there's like a um like a it's like a bathhouse? Yeah, almost like a bathhouse it looked like, but like a trench kind of where their feet are. I think they can wash their feet there and then they can get the water and to wash their to wash their hands, arms, faces, and then they do this um, nasal cleansing also. So, I mean, it was really cool to read about and really interesting. Um, I just think they need to be making sure that they're obviously their water sources are coming from a clean place. Right. Yeah. It's amazing that something so microscopic can cause so much damage and be so fatal. Yeah. And the fact that you can drink it and it's fine, like your right. belly can uh -huh. handle it, right. but your brain yes. is like, and the the fact that your brain has this opening there, the, that cribriform plate that is just this porous little, like a sponge that mm -hmm. looks like holes in a sponge. Um, when you look at it without those olfactory nerves, it just looks like a porous little sponge there. Like it's just, it's crazy. Hmm. It's crazy to me. Okay, so let's talk about kind of about treatment. So although most cases of this is it's actually called primary amoebic meningoencephalitis or PAM for short. <laughs> so <laughs> most cases of PAM by N. Fowlery um, infection in the United States have been fatal. So actually 148 cases in the U.S. and 144 of those have been fatal. 
Okay. So there have been um, four survivors in the United States, one in 1978, um, and then two survivors from 19 or from 2013 that I'm going to kind of focus on. So after 35 years between 1978 and 2013, there with no survivors from this amoeba from N. Fallery, there was a survivor in the United States. During the summer of 2013, two children with N. Fallery infections survived. So the first was a 12-year-old girl who was diagnosed with PAM about 30 hours after becoming ill and was started on recommended treatment within 36 hours. Okay. So that's really fast. That's really fast. Really fast. So she also received an investigational drug that's now, I think, become much more of a standard practice drug. Mm -hmm. And her brain swelling was aggressively managed with treatments that included cooling the body below normal body temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, And she made a full neurologic recovery, and she actually returned to school. Wow. That's yes. amazing. Okay. She her... is like the uh, standout. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. So the second. Was that her sister or was it just another no, child? No, it's just another child. Just okay. Another okay. Child, yeah. So the, and this was both, these are both water. Um, they both acquired it from swimming in um, water that was contaminated, which is much more common for children to suffer from these mm-hmm. um, because they're much more aggressive in the water. They jump into the water. Uh-huh. They dive into the water. Yeah. Um, Did it say what state these were in? I feel like they're all in Louisiana. It's on this. This is on the <laughs> CDC's website, but okay. Um, no, and there are maps. You can look up. You can look at okay. maps of okay. um, where they're more where they've had more instances. But yeah, I mean the southern states are definitely mm-hmm. definitely more likely. But there were even some up in I think there's one two two in like Minnesota even. Oh wow! So, yeah. It's definitely not out of the question. Okay. To get well, it can get hot in, in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, cooler areas. But so the second child was an eight-year-old male, and he is also considered a PAM survivor, but he actually suffered what is likely to be permanent brain damage. Oh. So he was treated with that investigational drug mm-hmm. as well, but was diagnosed and treated several days after oh. his symptoms began. And maybe of note is that cooling of his body below normal body temperature was not used in his case either. Okay. So then in the summer of 2016, a 16-year-old boy um, was reported as another U.S. PAM survivor. And this patient was diagnosed within hours of presentation to the hospital. So it didn't take them days. They didn't go through and run all their tests and mm-hmm. say, let's check for the bacterial infections. Let's test for mm-hmm. um, virus infections. And then let's te- te- test for an ame- amoebic infection. Like, I think they probably ran the panels all mm-hmm. of them at once. And so within hours, he had the correct diagnosis. He was started treatment. He, I, I think when I read the fine print on this one, looked it up somewhere else, he was put on that same um, investigational drug, which had now been being used for you know, several years. Um, and he made a full re- recovery as well and returned to school. Wow. So, now, so, did it say what their symptoms were? Yeah. So the symptoms are fever, headache, vomiting, nausea, stiff neck. I mean, really so, presents a lot like meningitis, yeah. a lot like a, um, a central nervous system infection. So, wow. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's no wonder that doctors don't think of it because it's very rare. I mean, 148 cases in the United States since the 1960s. Mm-hmm. It's not going to yeah. be the top of the list of things to think of. Now, but do but that... I do think we're getting oh. better at thinking of yeah. it. I do think that doctors are, it's not taking them as long anymore. And maybe they're starting to run those, sending it to the lab with instructions to look for those things the first time around instead of, yeah. Well, do you think that the parents have or are saying to the doctors, hey, we were at a pond and our kids were jumping around and then, you know, 12 hours later, he had a horrible headache and vomiting and fever. And they think, oh, water. Okay, maybe it could be this. Like, do you think that they presented that information? I mean, it seems like they would have to, don't you think? I think if it's not... If the parents are presenting it, I think it's actually more likely that it's now a question asked to the mm, parents all okay. the time. I think it's a okay. more standard practice. Mm-hmm. Ask the question, have they been, had any, um, what's it called, a fresh water exposure in the last two weeks, you know? Interesting. I'm trying but to, it's you not, know. They can't live in salt water, so that's, okay. I mean, you can swim in the ocean all you want, so, <laughs> and not not worry about this. Marielle, Marielle had, um, she had viral meningitis a few years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Super sick. And it was that. She, fever, headache, vomiting, mm-hmm. stiff neck. And I don't remember if they asked me if we had been swimming anywhere. They probably did. You live in Texas. They should. I know. That I don't should, remember. It, it should be part of um, standard questions at this point i feel like i mean it's not like i said it's so rare but young kids i mean that's majorly what it that's that's predominantly who this is who this uh these amoebas are killing so i do think they should be asking those questions for sure but well i'm glad they found some treatments it's good to know that yeah i do feel like that's a little bit of treatment but goodness (laughs) you better be on a fast (laughs) Yeah, you need to be on it. Don't mess around. It's not the flu. Get your kid to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because there are there are situations where you don't want to be that overbearing parent or you don't want to be that high maintenance patient. You're like, I feel this weird thing. It just feels wrong. Because it could be nothing. But at the same time, if it was something like this, time is of the essence. So you have to get in there and be treated right away so it, it is it is what do you think miss i don't nurse, know i'm i am nurse very <laughs> i am very laid back like i should knock on wood right now but i have four kids and i've never been to the emergency room with any of them so i feel like i just don't i don't know i just mm-hmm. nothing really phases me so i feel like maybe when i'm like my kids are like i'm really sick i'm like no you aren't you're fine. So your kids would not be the My ones to kids survive would not, the may amoeba. Not, may not survive the amoeba. All right. Well, maybe you don't want to let them swim in the lake this summer. <laughs> be a little careful. At least just be mindful. Make no, a chart. I, maybe I, like we're gonna tr- we're gonna graph them. It's been thirty hours. Does anyone have a headache? <laughs> Does anyone have a fever? Okay, we're good. No, I actually remember Ryan's dad sending out a an article to us a couple years ago about the lake because he, this article was basically saying that, that it was more likely to get this amoebic infection at the beginning of the summer because the water had been hot enough. The surface water mm-hmm. of a lake is hot mm-hmm. enough. 
And it, all that amoeba would just be sitting at the surface of it. So when you jump in the first few times, you know, the first few people into the water at the beginning of the summer season are more likely. I mean, nobody is likely to get this. It's mm-hmm. still very rare. Let me be right. clear about that. Yeah. But but that's a um, – the conditions are perfect, right, in those right, moments. Yeah. So I remember him sending that out, and I remember being like, golly, this is crazy. Like, I would never worry about that. <laughs> but he was <laughs> – I would. <laughs> Don't send me that article. Thanks. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I. But yes, I, I think after doing this research, I will now. Yes, pay more attention to that, especially around <laughs> after being around fresh water. Like headaches might get a little more attention from me. You now. will have a window. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you will have a symptom window now. I will, that's all yes. right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Well, right, is, are well, there any more amoeba stories? That's it. That's all okay. I got. All right. That was fun. Yeah. Thank I you. I mean, it's not fun. Um, People died. I'm very sorry. But amoebas, who knew? Yeah. And it's, it's stalactites, by the way. Oh, stalactites come down. <laughs> Mites go up. Mites go up. Tights go down. <laughs> oh, wow. Tights oh, go hey. down. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Hello. <laughs> All right, well, thank you to Rebecca for her suggestion, because that was a fun one. I liked that one. Definitely interesting, for sure. And so, hold on, real quick. Oh, yeah. Um, If you are not using distilled water, what is recommended? Because when I've done it, I usually boil my water. Boil your water. Boil Boil your water. water. boil your water. And then let it cool, because you don't want to pour boiling water into your nasal Do not cavity. do that. You're going to have a lot more than a sinus <laughs> We'll have digestion. a whole new episode for that one. Don't do that, oh please. Oh, my gosh. Don't do that. Also, um, the other thing that's recommended when using a neti pot or the squeeze bottle is to completely dry it out after use. Mm. Um, and if you're using distilled water, don't use distilled water that's been open and sitting around for a long time because bacteria can still you know, land in it and start living in it. So, Got it. Um, Maybe not amoebas, but bacteria can. So use your freshly opened distilled water or boil your water. Yes. Okay. Now yes. you know, people. Yep. Now you know. The more you know. The more so you know. So my dun, dun. stories came from abcnews.com, npr.com, newsweek.com, cnn.com, and cdc.com, onlivescience.com. That's Excellent. it. Yeah. Fabulous. Thank you, Erin. Thanks, Lovin. All right. Well, you guys have a fabulous, fabulous week. And watch out for freshwater lakes yes. and ponds and swimming holes. And try the tequila hot toddy. It's really <laughs> But if good. you do happen to swim and then you get a <laughs> headache, just try some tequila. I'm sure it'll just- kill anything. <laughs> <laughs> just pour it up your nose. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Don't do that. Nettie pot the tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't, don't do that. that, people. Do not do that. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait. Hold do... on. Oh. Yes. Go. Aaron, do it. No, I don't know how to say it. You did it. Yet. No, you had it. I almost forgot. And you were about to say it. Oh. <laughs> Follow us on all the social media. Bye-bye. <laughs> Which are... <laughs> Drinks with death podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram and Facebook, yes. Email us at drinkswithdeathpodcast at gmail.com. Woohoo, she got it. There you go, girl. (laughs) You can do it. All right, party people. Have a good week. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.